0: Welcome to another episode of Doctor in the House, the podcast that brings you timely stories about what's happening on Capitol Hill. This morning we are extremely fortunate to be joined by Congressman Kat Kamick. Kat is the youngest Republican woman in the 117th Congress. She is the co-chair of the Pro-Life Caucus. She worked on former United States Representative Ted Yoho's campaign and staff. And the in the Obama era, Cat's uh, family uh, lost their ranch because of an, o- an Obama program. So she's been well versed in the effects, both good and bad, of federal government. But it's just so great to have you here this morning. Just as an incidental, Cat traveled to my district, uh, <laughs> her, her role in the Agriculture Committee, and uh, saw firsthand some of the problems that the farmers have in in my district. I was very Very appreciative for doing that. But also, Kat brings a a unique perspective with the Dobbs case now being in the rearview mirror, but people still talking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have a couple of bills coming up in the House. We'll have more bills that are brought up in committee where the Democrats are trying to undo the effect of the Dobbs case. But Kat has a, 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 a personal history, a medical history, and a perspective that uh Really relates to bringing cat into this world cat welcome to the podcast and'd love to hear more of your story if uh, that you're willing to share with the listeners
1: absolutely well thanks doc and yes, it was an amazing trip out to your district. I think I still have some of that Texas mud on my boots and there's a great photo uh, that I, I hope at some point um, we can we can publish it. Um, and I'm sitting on the back of a tailgate, and, and you, Doc, and several of uh, our folks that were with us on that trip, they've got their pocket knives out, and they're trying to scrape this mud off of my boots because it has been just cemented to my feet. Because I, I had the genius idea to to trek out in the middle of some, some soft wheat fields and some corn fields, and it was a wonderful trip. So I'm looking forward to the time that we get back out there. But... As you said, uh, pro-life issues are very important to me and I've been really proud to be an advocate. But, you know, my, my story really started in the womb. Uh, my mom, she was uh, told that she should abort me because when she was pregnant with my sister previous to me, uh, they had told her that she would never be able to have children safely because in the days leading up to that delivery with, of my sister, when she was in her late 20s, she suffered a terrible stroke. And it took her, yeah, it took her about a year, year and a half to go through physical therapy and relearn, you know, basic motor skills, how to walk again. And it was then that they really told her, you're never going to have kids again. And that was just a heartbreaking situation for my mom. And, you know, not knowing where life was going to lead her many years later, she finds herself uh, pregnant with me alone, a single mom raising a daughter, and not only are her doctors encouraging her, really pressuring her to have an abortion, but then when her parents, my grandparents, found out uh, that I was in the womb, they obviously didn't want to lose their daughter, and so they were fearful, and uh, there were some family conversations about abortion and encouraging my mom to abort, uh, but she, um, she bravely pushed back and defied the doctor's advice. And today I'm here because of my mom's bravery. And, uh, it's, it's been quite an interesting road. And, you know, I never really talked about that story or shared sure. that, uh, really until I became a candidate because I always, you know, it was just part of my story, part of my life. It's not something that you, you know, open right. up on, with on a first date, <laughs> but, um, it really um, started resonating with people and women around the country as, as I shared it more. And, and the, the messages I would get back were, you know, thank you and thank your mom. And, and it was really encouraging. So we always try to, to share that um, the doctor's advice, and I know I'm talking to a doctor, but the, doctor, the doctor's advice um, doesn't always have to be followed. Um, in cases like this. Now, because, wait no, wait I, know, I know. But it, it, I think it's because so much of the pressure comes from the culture. Sure.
0: Right? A frightening prospect to have a young mother have a stroke as your mother had. Yes. And I will just tell you that as a, as a caregiver. So that is something that will get your attention. That is a frightening situation to be in. Yes. Obviously, a great deal more is known about that today than even uh, uh, 20 years ago. But at the same time, it it was a significant uh, trial for your mother then to go through another pregnancy because I rather suspect they didn't know about things like low dose heparin and, and right. blood thinners that could be used safely during pregnancy, right. which now would be pretty commonplace. So uh, you're right. Congratulations to you <laughs> and to her. Thank thank goodness for her courage, because a uh, good people in the district of Florida would not have your, your, your wonderful services today had your mother not persevered. So it's a, it's a wonderful story just to kind of close it out a little bit of uh, your mom did okay during mm-hmm. and after the delivery. So it all, that all worked out.
1: 18 hours in the hospital and I came out, uh, eight pounds, six ounces and, uh, Merciful I have,
0: heavens.
1: yes, I have been a terror to my, to my mother since.
0: <laughs> well, I, I will just share with you one of the things that is, is as we listen to the debates surrounding the uh, the Dobbs decision, particularly the debates that are coming from the other side, it's like women are not going to have access to health care. Now, look, I practiced ob for 25, 30 years yeah. back home. I would not have disrupted a viable pregnancy. That was not something that that I would have done. But I never felt that I wasn't able to take care of a patient who had an ectopic pregnancy, was mm-hmm. suffering a miscarriage, and even a patient who had had the beginning of an abortion procedure elsewhere, mm-hmm. developed complications and stopped in my emergency room on the way home, of course I would take care of that patient. Of I wouldn't ask for a legal opinion. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, all of these things that we're hearing about on the floor of the house these days, it's just not reality. Mm-hmm. A pro-life OBGYN physician can provide top-notch, excellent care to their patients, regardless of the complication. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Again, I'm astounded when I hear in in the rules committee or on the floor of the house where someone says, oh, at ectopic pregnancy, you're going to better talk to a lawyer first before you do the surgery. No, save the woman's life mm-hmm. and make sure you document all the medical reasons that it was done. That's what you should do anyway. Absolutely. At nothing different, nothing new. And, uh, and and everyone will be good. But anyway, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that because we are hearing from the other side that uh, women's health is gonna suffer because of the Dobbs decision. And I would just beg to point out, look, I did this for 25 or 30 years, didn't do abortions, and I think my patients got excellent care.
1: Absolutely, well, I, I think you, you can agree that common sense isn't common, especially up here in Washington, D.C. And we've heard some of the craziest things, like what you were just describing. <sighs> And I always push back and say, okay, give me the example. Show me the case where that actually happened. Because to your point, I don't think that anyone who has taken their oath, right, um, their Hippocratic oath to to protect life and, and to to do the very, very best they can for their patients would ever deny a woman in any of those situations uh, the top-notch care that you, for so many years, delivered. And when we talk about the Dobbs case, there's so many so many pieces of bad information. One, the notion that abortion is healthcare. It's, it's not really truthfully. And, um, and when we think about this in the way that the left wants to frame it, they talk about women's empowerment, um, and this being a pro woman move. Well, it's really not, especially for that potentially little girl, uh, that is the the subject to be aborted Mm. or murdered. And so, one, we need to push back on the narrative that abortion is women's empowerment. It's not. There are two victims when there is a a voluntary abortion. I think that one of the other things that we have seen with this this Dobbs case is it's not outlawing abortion. It's returning the issue back to the states where it belonged all along. So while this was a a complete victory for the sanctity of life, this ruling was also a a huge victory for the sanctity of our Constitution. Because you look at really where they went wrong so many years ago when this came out, and you read the dissenting judge's opinions, it's pretzel logic. They can't make a constitutional legal case for why Roe should be upheld. And I like to argue as a small government conservative that your voice is more powerful at local and state levels. Of course it is. And so this is a great opportunity for people to get involved at the state level and talk about this issue. But furthermore, I'd say that finally the law is caught up to the science. How is it that the government can classify bacteria on Mars as life, but then they want to say that a heartbeat uh, and a child in the womb is not? That's kind of a little bit hypocritical
0: to me. It is a little bit hypocritical. I will tell you, taking care of a number of pregnancies, some early pregnancies that were complicated, finding a heartbeat meant you were past a big hurdle. So when people talk about viability, I know they're talking about the ability to survive outside the womb. But to me, viability was seeing a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It uh, it, It was the embodiment that this this life has taken off, it's got a good footing and uh, let's do everything we can to keep it going, mm-hmm. not to go in a different direction. I, will, I cannot thank you enough for, for coming in and spending time with us. Well, I do have to mention that as a physician, and it was just really drilled into us by my uh, um, <clears throat> uh, chairman of the department of mm-hmm. at, at Southwestern Medical School in Parkland Hospital, as OB docs, we were charged with taking care of two patients with a combined life expectancy in excess of 100 years, and almost nowhere else in medicine did you have that kind of responsibility. Wow. And it... Uh, it's, it's still with me years later. Uh, I will tell you also, Roe v. Wade happened right before I went to medical school. By the time I got to residency a few years later, sonography was just coming into mm-hmm. its own. And every child for two generations, the first picture in their baby book is a picture <laughs> of their sonogram, right? Yes. So it's not hard to talk to people about the agency of the life inside because they're all familiar with it. That's been something that they have seen since uh, since they were brought into the world. But thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your very moving story with us. Any parting thoughts you have for the people out there in podcast land? Oof, well,
1: one, thank you for, for having me join you. It's always a, a pleasure to sit down and chat, but also it's such a it's such an honor to serve alongside you, and uh, I subscribe to the theory that you don't know what you don't know, and I think we all come at these issues with our own personal experience, and there's no one better than you, uh, having done the work that you've done for so many years. But, and,
0: and no one better than you, and and uh, I suspect you have to purchase a fairly significant Mother's Day gift every year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, my, my mom, she's pretty low-key, but let me tell you, we've come up with some pretty wild things
0: for Mother's Day. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank her uh, for me. Thank her on behalf of the United States House of Representatives <laughs> that you're able to serve with us. And, uh, of course, the good people in Florida that depend on you to Thanks. deliver good legislation on their behalf. This concludes this week's Doctor in the House. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll cue the dramatic music and come back and visit soon. <laughs>